welcome to the first episode of season two of the Big Mike podcast. How do you feel, man? Um, I'm honored. I'm honored for real. Like I've um I know a lot of other people that have been on here. So first episode, kind of honored, not gonna lie. <laughs> okay, well, I was reading your bio and I, I kinda wanna know more. Like what happened at the uh the GT internship? Yeah. So um I interned at a place called the Georgia Tech Research Institute. So they are like a subcategory of Georgia Tech. So Georgia there's Georgia Tech and then there's the Georgia Tech Research Institute. So that's um, the Georgia Tech Research Institute specifically is funded by the United States government, specifically the military. So everything that they do there is military. So I was a mechanical engineer for a team of about 10 students, and I was developing an ammunition counter for, you know, the tanks, the big giant tanks. Yeah. Um, Right now, or when I was back then, when I was like in the internship phase, they, um, they counted them by hand. So they came to us and they, well, they hired 10 teenagers like in high school and they wanted us to develop a system that would count the ammunition. Um, so yeah, I, I worked about eight hours a day for about four, five days a week for about seven weeks. And wow. I went to Atlanta. It was cool. It was a really cool experience. I encourage cool. any listening to sign up. It was amazing. Wait, so it's, like, were you working directly with the military? Yeah, so we'd have... Um, so I actually got COVID the last week of the internship, but the last week we were supposed to take our products and go test them. Apparently our product did work, but I wasn't there. But, um, so we'd have zoom calls with the, I don't know, there's so many different like ranks there, but we'd have zoom calls with some important person once a week. And he would, we'd, he'd update us on information because he was only able to tell us a certain amount of information, like, because it's like top secret and stuff. So he would he would give us that information. We would use that information each week to change our product to better fit what they needed. So yeah, it was it was a big deal. They like I couldn't even take my yeah. phone. I couldn't even take my phone in the meeting room whenever we'd meet with them because it was like, yeah, it was all like top secret and stuff. Dude, that's crazy. And it was that's cool. So you want to study mechanical engineering at Temple, right? I do. I my ultimate goal is to go to Georgia Tech. I didn't get in this year. But my ultimate goal is to transfer there. So, um, yeah, I want to go to Temple this year. I want to. I I loved Philly. I visited Philly. I think like a good year ago. And ever since then, I told myself I probably if I didn't go to college in Georgia, I wanted to go in Philly because I love the city. I love the culture. I love the food. Oh my god, the food. And yeah, so I'm excited. So, like, was it the GT internship that wanted that kind of like took you to that mechanical engineering pathway? Did you like always want to do that? No. So I, um, at North Gwinnett, we took engineering and, um, not to like hate North Gwinnett or anything, but the engineering classes weren't the best. Like we mm-hmm. would, we would kind of just go in. So we would do a lot of CAD because the teachers could, would just like, just say, all right, here you go. So I lo- I actually really liked CAD. So I put that on the application. I didn't even know that like what type of engineering I wanted to do before I did the internship. Mm-hmm. And then during the internship, I, um, I realized I want to be a mechanical engineer because that was my job. I did CAD and that's what they, they said CAD was like most of mechanical engineers do. So I loved it. Cool. So like, is there something like more specific you want to do with mechanical engineering? Or... Um, well, honestly, <clears throat> excuse me, honestly, at the end of the day, I want to become a pilot. That's like, that's my dream job. I want to get paid to travel the world. So, um, 
I want to study mechanical engineering because I'm interested in it. Mm-hmm. And if piloting does not work out, because a lot of the times it won't, a lot of the times it doesn't work out, I'll still have something to back up off of. Right. But like my ultimate goal is to become a pilot. I just want to, I don't want, I don't want like piloting to be the only thing that I do with my life because I like really, I have a really strong interest in mechanical engineering. So, yeah. Interesting. So, are you going to be commercial piloting or private piloting? I have, I haven't like that's a, see that's a good question because there's so many different types of like pilots. There's commercial, you can do private, you can do like you can do charter flights, but um the highest paid is cargo pilot. Surprisingly, mm. they get paid a lot of money because most of the time they're on longer haul flights, so they don't work as much. But the problem with that is they don't fly for free, and that's kind of like why I want to do it. <laughs> i like i want to be able to fly for free i want to be able to fly for free so yeah um i'm still i haven't like figured that out yet i kind of want to work on getting the pilot's license before i do all that wait so you want to so when are you planning on like doing aviation school and all that stuff oh i got you so flight school is expensive and i cannot afford that right so i'm planning to do um i plan to go to college and i'm planning to do rotc in college and when you do ROTC in college, um, you have doing ROTC in college is a lot different from high school. High school is just like a class you take; it's like whatever. When you do it in college, you have to you have to do that class in college in order to become an officer in the military. And in order to become a, in order to become a pilot in the military, you have to be an officer. So, like, I don't know if that makes sense. So the pathway is pretty much ROTC, then you get into the actual military as an officer. Mm-hmm. And then you apply for flight school and they'll pay for all that. So I'm planning to um, go to the military after oh. college and then go to flight school because I don't, I don't have money to play for flight school. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of money. So what's the timeline here? Are you going, you know, four years, getting your degree in mechanical engineering, mm-hmm. and then are you going to become an officer for the military right afterward? Yeah, that's my plan. I'm planning to go to college for about four years. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, get a degree in mechanical engineering, and then after going to the Air Force, probably as an officer. And then I don't, I'm probably going to be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure the timeline after you get out of college, you go, you go to flight school for about two to three years. And then after you get assigned your aircraft, because when you're in the military, you only fly one plane. So once you get like assigned your aircraft, it could be like, an F-35 or it could be like like one of those like big B-13 cargo planes you um mm-hmm. like after after you go to like general flight school then you go to your like specific airplane flight school and then you start flying and yeah so what is an F-35 and a B-14? so an F-35 is <clears throat> you know those like new fighter jets that you see like have you seen the fighter jets that like okay this is the runway they're like vertical land I'm not wait, they vertical land? Yeah, Damn. the newest generation of fighter jets. They can they don't have to like land on a runway. They can land on a helicopter pad. They can just go and they'll hover above it and they'll That's land. That's cool. Yeah, they just came out like recently. So and a B a B thirteen or B thirty five or something. I know the B model. It's um those are the big ones. Like, you know, during World War Two, those big, like the huge, like, yeah, huge planes. Yeah, those are the big cargo planes that you see. So those are the planes that carry like tanks, like mini planes, helicopters overseas. Like you know, um, whenever they need, whenever they need to move the president's motorcade, they'll fill up all the fill up a B like thirty five or B thirteen oh, okay. with. Yeah. So yeah, 
that's my plan i don't know what type of plane i want to fly yet i just know i want to be a pilot you just want to yeah kill them about to be the top gun i already know i already know but that's like an interesting combination like to me like mechanical engineer and pilot yeah honestly i just i just kind of chose it because those are the two things that i'm like actually interested in like i don't want to i like i always told myself i don't want to have a job that i don't enjoy Right. And I I love mechanical engineering. I love like planes. I love like flying in the air. I like when I was little. Every time when I go to the airport, I would always like act like I was interested in the cockpit. So the so the pilots like let me see. They like let me sit in there. Oh, see, wow. I, I know. So I love flying. So I just kind of like combine the two. And just said, okay, this is the path I want to go. See, it could change. It very well could change. But right now, that's that's what I'm planning on doing. Yeah, I mean, for me. Like, as soon as I started learning about higher level math, mm-hmm. I decided, you know what, maybe not engineering. You know, like, uh, like yeah. you know, Calc 2 is kind of rough right now. Oh, right I know. I know. I know. Ever since, so I took AP Physics last year. Yeah. And my all my friends are like, if you didn't like AP Physics, how are you going to do mechanical engineering in college? Because yeah. I did Physics 1. And I was like, I'll be fine. And then, like you said, I took this calc class. I think we're doing calc three stuff right now, and it is kicking yeah, my. No. So yeah, I I um, yeah, I don't know. Lisa, so what are you planning on doing now that you don't want to do engineering? You think me? I want to do. I still want to do like STEM related stuff, yeah. but I want to in- integrate that with finance. Oh, so, that's so cool. Yeah. So, do you have like a specific degree in mind? Um. Not like a, I guess a finance degree, but with a minor in like maybe computer science. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. That's like that's kind of what my friend Ben's thinking on doing. You've met him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, poker. He like, yeah, poker. He wants to. He likes to. Um, he's a money man, so he. Ooh. I think. Yeah, he's very like. He 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 likes to fluctuate money, and then he also likes STEM. So that's why it's probably what's going to interesting. Is he like? super strict on like his budget and all that and like all about yeah, cash like, flow and all that yes my friend um we're going on spring break and we're we rented a house in panama city beach mm-hmm. and it's um it came out to me not too much per person and we were he makes more money than i do and yeah. we so he has money in the bank but we're me and my friends were all like oh let's go let's go all of us are going besides him because he says um he uh he just doesn't want to spend that type of money right now, which I understand. Mm. You know, that, that's just like, that's just the type of person he is. You know, it's like Ben, he'll like, he'll feel free to miss out on like some stuff. It means that he has like, I mean, that's just like, that's just how Ben is. That's just like, yeah, yeah. So he's very, he's very smart with his money, but I can say he's the smartest with his money out of anybody like that. I know. Cause he like, yeah. he always like talks to us about like stocks and stuff. But we have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe so. I could have a conversation with him. You should. He is a. He's. He, you pick his brain. He's. He's a very interesting person. Yeah. Yo. Nice. He knows a lot. So you like to travel? You said. Yes. Um, where have you been? Let's see. Okay. So in eighth grade, I went to China, because at the school that I used to go to before North Quinet, we learned Chinese up until eighth grade. So well, in seventh grade, I went to China. So um, did you go to a private school? I went to a charter school. Charter so, school. Yeah, so we wore uniforms. We acted like a private school, but it didn't cost money for anybody. We only had to pay for the uniforms and like 
be like a small tuition fee, but it wasn't like nothing major. It might have been like $200, $300. So yeah. um, we learned Chinese. And at the end, we ended up, yeah, at the end, we ended up going to China. And it was amazing. That's like best experience. Do you like remember a lot of it? Yeah, I remember. Tell me about second. it, man. Okay. I, I have so many pictures, actually. Crazy. Okay. So <laughs> um, we met at the school at like four in the morning, maybe two, three in the morning, whatever. Went to the airport, hopped on the plane. We went to Canada. Then it was a 15-hour flight to China. As soon as we got there, we started doing stuff. And we got there at like 11 o'clock at night. And so the jet lag was crazy because mm. we didn't get to sleep on the plane because it was daytime there. So it was really bright. So we were all like really tired the first day, but we got used to it after like the second day. So we ended up going to Shanghai, Xi'an, and Beijing. We went to the Great Wall of China. We visited a elementary and middle school. So we got to see kids that were our age. They were just learning English and we were just learning Chinese. So we got to like test out. It was so That's cool. That's crazy. It was amazing. So they were like, they'd pair us up with kids. Well, we, yeah, they'd pair us up with kids that were our age and we'd have conversations with them using like the opposite language. So they would try to use English and we would try to use Chinese. Mm -hmm. So we did that. Oh, we also, we went over a family's house and we ate one afternoon. So the family like invited us. And this is like, this is like a Chinese village. Like those villages that you would see on like TV and movies. This is exactly mm -hmm. what it was. The landscape was beautiful. You stepped outside and you saw like green mountains and they invited us into their home and made us a home cooked meal and served on us for the night. And it was amazing. Um, we went to uh, like the, we went to a lot of palaces, a lot of like ancient places. We went to Tiananmen Square. A lot of like mm -hmm. people learn about that when they're in like elementary school yeah. and stuff. It was an amazing experience. It was amazing. Yeah, we we did we did so much. We went to two Chinese supermarkets, and in every one of those Chinese supermarkets, every single one of the employees spoke just about every single language there was to know. Oh my god! It was it was it was wild because they they have to because there's so many like foreign passengers, there's so many foreign foreign travelers that come in there. Right. So they knew French, they knew Chinese, they knew English, and they knew it fluently. Like he could have a cold conversation with me. And then my friend that spoke Spanish, he was having a fluent conversation in Spanish with them. It was out of this world. So yeah, they were they were it was it was an amazing experience. Damn, America needs to step up. Holy shit. Yeah, I know. I know. That's our competition. It is, it is American is like what I realized when I went over there is we have it so easy compared to like because we went to the nice parts of China too, and even it did not look like it didn't look like this at all. Like yeah. it was the culture was totally different. Like everything was just completely different so yeah it was it was a very good experience i'd 100 go again so where else did you go let's see so other places i've mostly gone with my family so i've been to jamaica i've been to mexico a few times we go to the bahamas a good bit um we go let's see i've been we go we, we travel around like the united states a lot so we go mm -hmm. to new york every once in a while i've been to colorado one time we went to Las Vegas, but I don't remember that. But it was it was a good bit ago. And yeah, so we just yeah, my family just kind of they like they they like traveling. My parents, they love traveling. And they um they've they've been accumulating like Delta Skyball points ever since me and my brother were like really little. So yeah. now they just kinda like, yeah. 
So anywhere, anytime, like we have the opportunity to go somewhere, we just, we go. So what happened in Jamaica? Jamaica, that was a while ago. We went there for a wedding and it was, it was a good bit ago. I don't think we did too much there because we just, our day was mostly packed because of the wedding. Um, yeah, we don't really do too much in Jamaica. My most memorable trip, probably to Mexico. I, I have, um, I'm going to plug my Instagram real quick. Keldon, <laughs> Keldon.Robinson. If you go on there, you'll see. We we went ziplining in like the far, far, far like wilderness, like in um in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So we went, I think we traveled about three hours just into the jungle going around like vines and stuff and then they took us to this zip line in literally the dead middle of the forest like you could not see anywhere around you oh so we went zip lining atving and yeah that that was that was probably my most fun vacation wow zip lining in the middle of four so like you, you didn't like hit your head on a branch or anything right no because they like cleared out the pass but it did start it did start raining though and it started raining pretty hard and when you're going, because those zipline, when you're going that fast and you have nothing like protecting your face, mm-hmm. it like it did. It felt like it felt like hail was hitting your face because you were going so fast and it was raining so yeah. hard. But they said it was normal, so <laughs> yeah, they said they were used to it. That's yeah. crazy, bro. It, it was so cool. Wait, it so was... you you said you've been to Mexico once or more than once? Um, I've been to Mexico three times. The f- the first the first time but the second time was when we went like we did ATVing and stuff and the other two we just went to visit and we stayed in like a resort area oh okay yeah did you like go around walking in like the streets and stuff like that no we they advised us not to because um they said like if they especially like the cartel and a lot of like the people around them if they see like american tourists walking through the streets alone they'll notify people and they're like they yeah. said it's not safe. so like besides um besides the atving and stuff we went straight from the airport to whatever resort we were staying at and we kind of like stayed on there because um mm. they, yeah they the people at the airport advised us not to leave and the people at the resort actually they would take your passport so they wouldn't even let you leave unless you had like a reason oh wow they, they would take your passport upon check-in but on the resort, there was so much stuff to do and it was so big. You didn't really have a reason to leave because it was like, it was all you can, like in a lot of foreign countries, they do like all you can eat. So mm-hmm. like it was all you can eat, all you can drink for my parents. So they didn't like, they didn't really, there was no reason to leave. We just kind of like stayed on there. Cool. Yeah. So it was cool. yeah, three times in Mexico, once in Jamaica. Where have you been in the U.S.? Let's see. Besides like. So I go to Virginia a lot because I have a lot of family there. Um, mm. I've been to New York a few times. I went to Las Vegas once. I've been to Philly. Um, let's see where else. We go to North Carolina, Alabama a good bit, and then like Florida, like you know, just kind of like yeah. the prime vacation spot. But yeah, mostly like mostly along the we've been a lot of places along the East Coast, and then I've been to the West Coast like once or twice in my life when I was little. Wait, so what are you doing in Alabama? Um, so my friend, he, we don't really hang out anymore, but he used to have a lake house down there. I forgot what it was called, but he used to have a lake house down there. And we used to go down there like every other weekend and we would just, we go, and his parents would take us. And we'd ride like ATVs, like down, like, like on a little like lake path. And we just go like swim on the lake. It was fun. It was really fun. You got some rich friends. Holy shit. Bro. Yeah. That's it's like in Swanee, you just, you just gotta get to know the right people. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah so he would he would take me down there a lot and we'd we'd go and we'd go and ride around so what'd you do in new york in new york so i have my grandparents go up there every during the summer season because it gets too hot down here it's cooler up there so um whenever we go up there we'll do different things sometimes we'll go and visit them if we're going during the summer we'll stay at their place we'll go to new york city a lot my parents grew up there they're from long island so Mm. whenever we last time we went they showed me where their house was they showed me where they grew up you know and they like they go and visit a lot of their old friends down there because they still have like family and friends down there that so both your parents were born there mm-hmm. and, and they, they moved oh, to wow. 1999 that's crazy yeah we've been in this house ever since so like are you like a millionth generation american or um i honestly don't even know i know yeah, I honestly don't know. I know my parents. So I know my mom's mom is from Long Island also. I don't know where her mom's from. That's kind of like as far mm-hmm. back as I've went. Yeah, okay. so I'm, I'm I'm probably, to be honest, we've, we've been on here for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have I have immigrant parents, so. For where? That's like, uh, so my dad's from Senegal. And for my real? mom, yeah, my mom is from Venezuela. So that is so cool. Oh, my God. Wait, so did you, were you more here? I was born here, yeah. Oh, that is so cool, bro. Wait, so so what like what do like did they like tell you like differences between like where they lived here? Like w- like my dad's like like if he says the US compared to Senegal? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like what this, what are some differences? I'm actually just, curious. It's so it's because uh, I, I actually was just in Senegal in uh winter break. So like mm-hmm. it's oh really it's yeah it's extremely wait. different man like wait did you the do cult... the podcast with with Sid in Senegal no 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 that wasn't in, in Senegal yet that was like oh okay okay that was literally like two days before oh uh, okay yeah okay the culture there is so much different from here like really? everything it's just it's so different yeah um there's a big one of the things that I noticed about theirs is a huge like hustle culture. Mm-hmm. So you you can just be driving down the street, and as soon as you stop, there's like five dudes coming around your car trying to sell you stuff, right? Really? It's like yes, yeah, like cashews and like a plastic bag. There's fruits and all that. I mean, really? and there's like these huge markets where people just like hand make things. So, like there's this one, like right outside of Dakar by the water, where if you go in there. And you just walk around to like a little corner spot. There's mm-hmm. literally a bunch of dudes in the back, like carving wood and painting really? it and polishing it. And then they're like selling it right up in the front. And there's, there was one plaza, I forgot the name of it, but like, it's huge. Right. And it was built like way back then, back when the French were colonizing it. Mm-hmm. And there you, they just sell like meats, fish, fruits veggies all that stuff everybody's just there just buying their stuff that is like so cool. everybody's like trying to negotiate prices all the time it's like there's no fixed price they say that price and yeah. you say nah this and mm-hmm. then they just constantly trying to negotiate it until it's yeah. just the right one like my my grandfather lives there and he's he's a tough guy to negotiate with mm-hmm. if he doesn't get his price he, he walks away man <laughs> And he's yeah, like, he's like 89 and really? he's, and he's out here walking 89 like, and still hustling. That's crazy. Still hustling, man. That is crazy. Yeah. That reminds like that's, that, that's a foreign country thing. Cause that's exactly how it was in China. Yeah. Like 
yeah that's exactly how i was in china a lot like they i remember this this lady like scammed me i paid like 80 dollars for a pair of chopsticks Dang. <laughs> i didn't know how to negotiate and um everything was so cheap there yeah. But yeah i think that's a foreign country thing that's i love that's why i like traveling so much because i like mm-hmm. that environment like i love like seeing like how all of that like is so different from here where you just like for them grocery shopping is going and they're probably going to be gone for a few hours and they're going to be negotiating yeah. they're going to be like fighting for this and we just kind of go to Publix and scan our items and put them. <laughs> yeah. so, you know i like seeing the differences i think it's really cool yeah it's really cool and another thing about senegal did you see when i like showed you guys that I, I walked with like lions and shit yes i saw that I saw yeah, that, I yeah. Saw that. that was in senegal yeah oh so. that you were, okay okay that makes sense that makes sense. yeah dude those photos were bomb they were so <laughs> cool like it was actually like you were right here and there was like a freaking lion like the double the size of me just like that that was great how do you like how did you not like freak out i did bro like <laughs> like we were, were literally just, just me and my family we were just walking with one of the um one of the rangers just he was just walking us to some little meadow thing yeah and then we just keep walking and all of a sudden i just see two lions walking out and i'm like holy shit and i'm like whoa what's, what's going on here and he's like no nah, no nah, it's okay and then he just like sits them down they just lay down and they were like pretty calm because they like just ate yesterday mm-hmm. and those two yet. lions ate like two whole donkeys like two just whole donkeys they just straight up just like just ate them oh my god they, they eat a lot so then they were kind of lazy so that's in in our favor obviously they're just like laying mm-hmm. down so then they laid them down and they're like okay get behind it i'm like oh <laughs> okay <laughs> and that then is... like i stand there and they say kneel down i'm like you said what <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then i did that too and then we walked and it was crazy because like as I was walking, they kept, t- kept telling me to get closer to it. And I, I don't I don't want to because like I'm like right here. Right. Mm-hmm. And the lion's right here. Wow. And, I'm, and we're just walking like this, like just, oh, my God. But oh, that that's, that's got to be the, probably one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. Really? Yeah. Wait, so did you touch it? Hmm? Did you did you pet it? No, you're not allowed to touch them. You're not allowed to touch. Oh, them. really? Oh, yeah, no. it's a shame. I wish I could, but no. Yeah. That that even even like standing next to him, that's scary, bro. It's that is, dude. Wait, so the park ranger just like how did he sit him down? Like, does he like know them? Yeah, yeah, he knows them. He, he like he has a stick, right? And mm-hmm. what they they do, they use the stick to uh, as a symbol of respect among the lions so pretty much when they're cubs they train them and they use a stick to make commands so what he did is he like tapped it with the stick and said like sit down and they just sat down really yeah dude it's crazy wow that's that's crazy (laughs) and like if they don't want to walk like sometimes while we were walking they just stopped and just like smelled Mm -hmm. the grass or something they're like move and they (laughs) they moved like it's like oh my god that's crazy that is crazy freaking lion dude Dude, when I when you showed me those pictures, I was like, no way. <laughs> I was like, well, what the heck? Oh wow! So, what are the cool things you see at Senegal? Other than that, um, there's this huge statue called like the African Renaissance, where it's 
like this guy, a woman and a child and they're holding and the guy's holding up the child and the child points to America, like directly really? to America. Yeah, it's like this huge bronze statue. It's like on top of a hill right That's outside cool. of Dakar. Um, there was this gigantic, like beautiful mosque also. Mm -hmm. It's gorgeous. Um, another thing that happened there, like I was... I wanted to get like a dual citizenship, right? So I wanted like an ID in Senegal. So what we had yeah. to do, it like another differences in culture, right? So when I went to the police station, that's where they had it. Yeah. The guy said he would be there and he wasn't there. Which guy? Oh, the park ranger? No. So what happens is you go to the police station to to get your um your picture taken and your paper signed up so you can get your ID. So my dad set up an appointment for that to happen. And then they said this time. So mm -hmm. you meet up with us at this time. And we went there at that time and he just wasn't there at all. Really? Really? So then <laughs> so then the other police officers were like, okay, he'll be here soon. Like didn't give us a time. He said, Oh, just soon. So then we waited for like 20 minutes and he still wasn't there. We're like, you know what? Okay, we're just gonna leave now. I'm not gonna be here for any longer. We have places to go, right? So yeah. then we left, we went to the statue, then we came back four hours later, and he still wasn't there. <laughs> like, that just tells you, like, it's so different yeah. like, from here in America. Like, in America, like, you would have gotten that done in, like, two hours, and you would have been done. Yeah. Over there, it's like, oh, he'll come soon, but he never came. So then we ended up going, I think, the next day, then he was there, and then we got everything done. And, yeah, so now I have an ID. So, in Wait, Senegal, you, which is pretty cool. Oh, that is you have a Senegal ID. Yeah, I don't have it with me right now. It's in <clears throat> Senegal right now. My grandpa has it. Oh, okay. That is so it, cool. It's so cool. Dang. Yeah, I mean in China, the culture was the one weird thing about China is they've never seen black people before. So <laughs> I know it's gonna sound like weird. Do they like point at you and say, What is that? Yes, I have pictures of people. No way. So well when we were we'd walk through the streets and people would come up to us. Like people would it was people would, it was often that people would come up to us and ask us for pictures. That was like that's just like what would happen no matter where we went. Mm -hmm. Like it always happened. But what would happen like that was kind of bad, but it was good for us. It wasn't good, but it was like it was kind of cool. Yeah. One, so it would start with one family sending their child over to us asking mm -hmm. for a picture. So they'd like, they wouldn't even tell us. Like we would just be walking. All of a sudden I'd have this like three-year-old kid at my side, like posing up for a picture. And I'd see like a family taking a picture. So then five minutes later, another family would come around and do the same thing. And within like 20 minutes, we'd have like a crowd of like a hundred people just like like just crowding us asking for pictures because nobody like wanted to ask because yeah you know like nobody wants to ask for a picture but once like we'd have crowds of people and then one of the time it was so bad we had to get like the police involved because it was we we have places to be wow. in. yeah so um it 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 was they would, people would go yeah. and they would touch my hair they would live, like they would just like without my permission they just walk by me and touch my hair and just keep walking like nothing ever happened and yeah so that that was that was the biggest difference in china that's crazy never seen a black person before I've never seen oh a black my god apparently it's like that in japan too really yeah, yeah. it was they they'd always ask us cuz they thought we were from africa 
which is like you know like it's, it's understandable yeah. because they they don't like understand like yeah because they, they think america is just like you know like yeah like just like just like a land of like the same person they don't understand like there's actually diversity here mm-hmm. so they'd like they would ask us like oh like well should not like Miguran, which means america but like they'd ask if we we're from africa so yeah mm. that's crazy it is actually insane yeah, yeah it was crazy I wonder how they reacted. They went to Senegal. I wonder. I wonder. I don't know. I really don't. I feel like they'd probably be more. Actually, I don't. I can't tell you because I've never been to Senegal, so I don't know how the culture is there. Based on how you describe it, it seems pretty cool. So I feel like it's probably... awesome. Everyone's so nice too. Like yeah, even though you're in the city, and usually city people aren't the nicest. Mm-hmm. Like they will help you. Like there was this yeah. one time, especially the village people. Those guys are crazy. So yeah. one time we just stopped by a village and we were just walking around. And then we saw one of the baobab trees, which is like the symbol of Senegal. It's like huge tree. And mm-hmm. then they have these fruits called buoy. So they were like, oh, we should get a buoy. So then one of the villagers like gets like a stick and he literally just walks around and just throws it at the tree. One falls, mm-hmm. he just catches it and gives it to us for free. Really? Yeah. And we're like, holy crap. So then we, my dad was like, nah, nah. I got to pay you. So then he paid him. And then one of the guy's friends, one of the village's friends, he's selling watermelon. And he said, hey, mm-hmm. here's, have a watermelon. So then he like he, he cuts it, he cuts it up, he gives it to us. And then and then they're all offering us like to, to eat lunch with us. Like they're all like, hey, come and eat lunch. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all like, no, we, we got to go. But it was just crazy because everyone's just so nice. Yeah, that's a that's... sense of like community there, you know? Mm-hmm. Like everyone's yeah, trying to help each other out. That that reminds me of the Bahamas. Where mm-hmm. I went. That's how the culture was there too. Everybody. Oh, yeah. Just, Tell me about the Bahamas, man. It's just like every. It's literally exactly how you described. Like everybody's just like friendly. Everybody wants everybody to have a good time. Like people, the locals there were like amazing. They just they were they they were trying to make money, but they like it wasn't like they didn't like mean it in like a bad way. They were just like they mm-hmm. want you to have a good time, and they just want to like make a living. Like there was no hard feelings. Like everybody there just, yeah. Like they'd, um, for example, I had this captain because we had to, when I went to a certain, it was, um, Nassau, I think, where, um, Atlantis was. You ever heard of Atlantis mm-hmm. hotel yeah. and stuff? So we had to take a ferry ride across the, um, like little, like the ocean to go over to the separate island. And we had this pilot. His name was Jimmy. And he was a, he was a local and he worked for free. He literally, he was on the boat. He was entertaining us. He wow. was telling us jokes. He did, he pretty much like, it was like, a, he was like a tour guide, but he worked for completely, he worked for nothing. He was just doing it because he loved, he loved the Bahamas so much. He wanted to share, like, he wanted to share what the, like, what this place means to him, to us. So he would, wow. he like, he worked for free. Yes. Yeah, so that's just like, the, that was like the culture there. Wow. Like everybody just loved, they take pride in being in the Bahamas. Everybody yeah so that's amazing yeah it was amazing. that's a lot like senegal like the people there they love their country man yeah yeah like we were there for the state of the union address actually by the really? president yeah Wait, and bro. then um it was there I, I was there on new year's and right at midnight because apparently the president what he's doing people don't like him that much yeah so right at midnight you have everyone on the streets just honking right mm-hmm. like they're, they're all protesting you have like because my aunt's apartment 
is right in front of the University of Dakar. So mm-hmm. all the students just came out. They got like pots and like pans and like spoons and all that. And they were all banging them and all that stuff. Really? And like, yeah, everybody's just just so much noise. And it was like it just tells you that the people that they love their country, and yeah. they're doing it peacefully too, mm-hmm. like very very peacefully, just honking their car and banging a pot. Yeah, like it's just I so saw- so simple. In but, every foreign country that I've seen, I've seen that. Yeah. That's so, crazy. Man. So that was the conclusion of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I know that was such an abrupt ending, but like it had to end. And I will see you guys in the next episode.